everyone, Sydney Canty here on this 21 News Podcast. The topic today is the rise in fake vaccination cards, and I have here with me to discuss it, Attorney Justin Marcota. How are you, Justin? I'm doing well. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's just get right into it. Fake vaccination cards are becoming a more prevalent thing these days, so do you know how many how people are getting them? There's outfits and, and people that are in the counterfeit business for a living. I mean, we've seen it before with uh, fake IDs that come from China. Um, so it's a large underground industry that I'm sure the government wants to figure out and pinpoint who's really involved. But uh, yeah, the counterfeit business and industry is prevalent in the country and not just vaccine cards, but a lot of different other things as well. Do you have any tips on how businesses can maybe spot when somebody is trying to present a fake card to them? Fake vaccine cards, I mean, it's a lot like anything else with government documents that could be faked. Um, you're going to want to really, the best way to do it, the best tip would be to know and study the face of a document, you know, to be real. So real vaccine card, check the paper. Paper is a big thing, especially counterfeit bills. It's usually how people get caught with those. So check the paper, ink, um, embossed nature of a logo or angles. I mean, there's usually something off when uh, it may be very minute, but there's usually one thing that the real McCoy will have that the fake one doesn't. So know the real card to find the fake card. Okay, and I know you were telling me something about a, a U.S. stamp or something on, on the cards. Right, because, you know, the, the cards are issued by the federal government, not the state government. There is a logo on there that's of a federal agency. So, specifically, there's a multitude of crimes you could get charged with for having a fake vaccine card. But one specifically that the FBI has kind of put out in the open and, and urged people to realize is that Faking a logo of a federal agency on some type of document is a crime, federal court, maximum penalty is five years in prison or a $5,000 fine. So it's not a slap on the wrist type of thing. Uh, if the DOJ really enforces it against everyday people, it's, it's something that could really jam you up. And just for our listeners here, what is the DOJ? Department of Justice. Uh, we commonly... Think of the attorney general who kind of commands the Department of Justice. And there's assistant United States attorneys all over the country that handle these cases on behalf of the federal government. Okay, so I remember earlier you were telling me about how there are some other penalties as well. You just talked about some of the federal ones, but what are the state penalties behind this uh, crime? So what charges are brought and against who is kind of discretionary with law enforcement. So what I could envision a state charge to be would be uh, potentially falsification. So anytime you fake a document, make a fake report, that's a crime, misdemeanor or felony. Uh, fraud is another one, depending on the use of the card. If it's specifically related to medical care, getting medical care, there's also the potential of facing some fraud charges when, it, when it's related to Medicaid payments or Medicare payments, that, that's also federal. But the state could levy penalties on somebody just like the federal government can. And we probably have heard of the term double jeopardy, which means, what, if I got 
charged with a crime and I've been convicted of it, I can't be charged again. Problem with state and federal crimes is that both can charge you. It's not double jeopardy. So you can get convicted in a state court for fake Medicare or a fake vaccine card. And the federal government could turn around and indict you for the same thing. And the penalties stack. That's the difficult thing. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's news to me. Wow. Wow. I, I've had clients that have been convicted by a state uh, court and federal government comes in and indicts them afterwards. So oh it can be oppressive that way. So it's not really worth losing your freedom over a fake card. I mean, seriously. And then you're getting charged by the state and, you know, federal charges. That's, I can't even imagine how much money now you're paying, maybe for lawyers and fines and all of that. I mean, just wow. Yeah. The, the reward is not worth the risk in this scenario. So if you kind of put the scales of justice up there and weigh the pros versus the cons, I can affirmatively tell you that the cons outweigh what the benefit could be. Goodness. And people are really just doing this, thinking like, oh, I don't want to put that. I've heard people say poison in my body. And so they'd rather go and, and do this instead. And then it's like, I mean, is it really worth it? I don't believe that it's poison. So I mean, I just, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's worth it. It's just really not. I, I, I handle a lot of medical cases. So sometimes I get to pretend like I'm a doctor in a courtroom. Uh, <laughs> the risks of any medication or vaccine, I'll leave that to the decision making of medical providers, but, uh, you know, what you want to do is your choice, but to commit a crime to kind of boost yourself and justify your position is one of the worst decisions you could make in this scenario. Wow. Yeah. So who, who's the onus on really on here? Like, would you blame the person who has the card or the person who's like accepting it as truth? I think it goes one layer deeper. Um, in your scenario, the fault primarily falls on the person that presents the card. Um, you know, you see it in other settings. If someone goes to a grocery store and gives a 16-year-old cashier a, a counterfeit bill, I wouldn't expect that person to that accepted it to be really be responsible for something they didn't catch. Whereas the person that presented it has the specific knowledge and intent to pass a fake bill. That's the really important thing with crimes is you have to prove somebody's intent. They wanted to do it or they were reckless, things like that. Uh, but what I feel is that the real problem is with the people that counterfeit these in mass bulk to try and make a profit and defraud the government and, and other people in the community. Uh, anyone that gets charged, just a person that has one, I'm sure the investigators are going to go deeper to try and interrupt and stop the enterprise that's creating the problem. Well, I'm wondering if the person who is accepting it, or honestly, let's, let's, let's just kind of backtrack a little bit. What if there's a person who just doesn't card them at all? You know what I mean? So let's say like, for example, you're going to a concert and the concert, you know, guidelines, you have to be vaccinated. And then the people that are walking in are not being carded or, you know, kind of like a situation where a 13 year old could come with like a, of a fake ID or something. And mm -hmm. I mean, the, the person who's seeing it is not really, you know, not carding them or not checking or like, can the person be responsible? I guess what I'm trying to say, if they do not even check for the card. So we're seeing this more where you can, certain events are mandating that your admission is predicated on 
presenting a vaccine card. Um, those, depending on where the property is, can be a private type of restriction versus if it's a public event uh, on government property and that's a mandate, then it's a different scenario. You know, I, it's, you, I think I still see the sign on McDonald's every once in a while. It says no shirt, no shoes, no service. It's not a government rule. That's just McDonald's rule. So it, it varies depending on those situations. Now, unless it's a crime that the person didn't physically inspect the card for an admission, you got to prove that that failure to do so was the cause of something else. Uh, our legislature here in Ohio has done a tremendous amount of passing bills and laws that limit what people can recover because of a COVID infection. It's so hard to prove I got this because of that. Uh, it's really got to be a reckless or intentional type of thing. Commonly see it with employers that if, uh, you know, I go to a nursing home, I work at a nursing home and I know uh, a bunch of other patients or, or residents have COVID, I get infected, you know, different scenario, but uh, it's kind of hard to connect the dots, so to speak, with uh, COVID infections and, and these vaccine cards. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, it's just it, a lot of these rules that come up and things that we talk about with uh, the pandemic, it's the law always lags a little bit behind the trends in society and uh, what we perceived morally and socially. So as the world evolves dealing with this virus, the law is trying to catch up and, and do what it can to serve its purpose. So we're going to learn a lot and we're going to get taught a lot of lessons along the way, but I think we're on the right track. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Justin and everyone else. Thank you for listening. Thank you.